you've started your podcast, defined your topics, lined up your guests, recorded some episodes, and now you want to really make it stand out. We're dropping advice to help you with this stage of your podcasting journey in this episode of Spark Talks. Check out the first episode in the series called How to Start Podcasting for Brands if you're at the beginning stages of creating your podcast. The link is in the description. I'm Vanessa Zucker, Spark's Marketing Manager and your host. Tweet us at SparkPR with your questions and advice. Today, we are joined by someone with tons of broadcasting and podcasting experience, Renita Malhotra Hora, VP of Programming and Audience Development at Auto Radio. Welcome, Renita. Thank you, Vanessa. It's great to be here. Renita, please give us a quick background on your experience and explain generally what Auto Radio is all about. Oh, goodness, Vanessa, where to begin? My experience is long and sordid. I started at Auto Radio about six months ago as the Vice President of Programming and Audience Development, as you have uh, correctly mentioned already. Prior to that, I was a reporter slash producer slash anchor at Bloomberg Radio. And prior to that, I have done a lot of work with public radio, primarily RTHK Radio 3 in Hong Kong, but also some work with public radio here with the BBC and then with some other private radio like uh, Monocle Radio. So I have quite uh, quite the history with radio and financial journalism, which I would say has been my pet peeve and uh, strong point for many, many years. Well, then you sound like you are perfectly overqualified for the questions I have. Yeah, overqualified and under everything else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into the first piece of advice, which is Think of your podcast as more than just a show, but to give a little background, would you care to explain the problem with oversaturation that has led us to this first tip? Of course. Well, truth be told, everybody and their brother has a podcast and wants to do a podcast and has done podcasts and puts them out there. There are so many podcasts out there available on the internet that it's really difficult to discover what you are truly looking for, to weed out one from the other, and to really tell the difference from one to another. Some are longer, some are shorter, some are one-off episodes, some are series uh, of podcasts which will publish weekly, some less often than that. You know, how do you actually begin to weed through, dissect all of this material, all of this great audio material that is out there on the internet to truly find what you are looking for, right? That is what I mean by oversaturation. There is so much content out there, but where do we begin looking for it? It's like if I have a specific objective, I might as well be looking for a needle in a haystack on most days. Oh yeah, and I've seen people ask about this all over the internet. So if you're thinking about your podcast as more than just a show, what is it? Well, there are a few different ways to think about this, but as a corporate client, as a brand, as a company, as an individual, whoever you are who is creating and putting out 
this audio material. Let's let's I'm going to use those words specifically audio material right now. You want to bring about a message that is clear and consistent to your audience. And you probably want to do that on a regular basis. So it's not about just the one podcast or the one podcast episode, but it's about a series of audio messages that you continue to bring. Okay. So firstly, a podcast, uh, think of it as something more long-term, several episodes or a series, whatever you want to call that. At Auto Radio, we tend to think in terms of a theme station. I guess I should explain what Auto Radio really is. We are a digital platform, and I like to say that we are reinventing radio as you know it. Everybody is familiar with radio, terrestrial radio, traditional radio. You sort of switch on your radio to tune into your favorite station and boom, you're listening. But in this particular day and age where people are busy, where people are multitasking, where people are doing things, they need to have their radio on the go. So with the advent of the iPod and you know the iPhone, Apple really brought that ability to you somewhat. Auto radio has taken this uh, beyond sort of those early days, if you will, of the iPod and the iPhone by bringing you all of your radio sources, your spoken word radio sources, I should say, on one platform. So whether that is your news and you like to listen to news from a variety of different news organizations, we bring it to you in audio form. Our news partners will range from ABC to CBS to Bloomberg, AP, you name it. So we bring you all of that on what we call All News Radio, which is our streaming news platform. We also have another platform on Auto Auto Radio called Radio U, which is your customized broadcast. So this is tailored specifically for you with a combination of news, other audio articles, and podcasts specifically put together for you based on your specific interests, likes, dislikes. Well, of course, not your dislikes, but, you know, we won't give you what you dislike, (laughs) what you tell us you dislike, but we will certainly give you what you like. And then we have a series of what we call themed stations. This is our lean back uh, set of experiences for, uh, let's just say, the lazy people who have an interest in a particular theme. So if you're interested in the trends about finance, we provide you money radio. If it's specific to personal finance, we have personal finance radio. We have wellness radio, tech news, startup, pop culture, NBA, you name it. A variety of themes based upon uh, specific interests that you might have and all you do is switch on and listen. So this is what Auto Radio provides. Beyond that, we've got a series of stations that you can create just based upon keywords that you type in. So if you are George Michael obsessed, like I have been most of my life, and you want to create George Michael Radio, we will put together a broadcast of spoken word podcasts and audio material that is out there uh, about George Michael, etc. So if I were a representative of, say, a VC firm and I had a podcast about startup funding, would that podcast show get on a customized radio that someone made about this topic? Absolutely. It's all about tagging it the right way, right? Uh, When you create and put out your podcast, it's not simply about the content you're putting together and taping it. What you want to be doing is, of course, that content has to be good. 
for people to want to listen to it. It has to be put together in an engaging way, which is related to the fact that the content must be good. There are many, many podcasts out there which have good basic material, but they are boring to listen to, perhaps. And the moment they're boring to listen to, then no matter how good the material might be, chances are that somebody is going to want to skip forward to the next thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so production quality is critical. Now, once you've actually put together those audio files, how do you actually put it out on your various channels that are available to you, whether that's iTunes or Stitcher or Auto Radio or so on and so forth? Okay, so those are some of the channels that are available to you, but still, how is your audience going to discover it? So you've got to think about where does this fit? Does it fit in Auto Radio's news station? Does it fit in their startup radio station? Will it fit in a station that somebody can self-generate if they type in these keywords that you've just mentioned, startup funding? Truth be told, they should be available in all of those. And if it's about startup funding in a particular industry that is, say, about health, let's say it's health tech just for a minute, then it should probably be available, I'm guessing here, but perhaps in the wellness channel as well. Okay. If it is about, you know, another kind of industry or another specific category, then you really need to look at the various different channels that are available through all your different distribution platforms out there. Like I say, be they auto radio or iTunes, Stitcher, you name it, and really think strategically about how your audience is going to discover them on those platforms. I see. All right, so the next tip, I think you've touched on this a little bit, but I want to get into it a little bit deeper. Keep your content succinct and to the point. Now, I know a lot of podcasts like to go on for an hour. I've seen podcasts on for two hours, two and a half hours, and I think, do they really need to talk for that long to get their point across? Great question, Vanessa. And in uh, very succinct words, I would say the answer is no. (laughs) End of the tip. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, truth be told, we are serving, whether we like it or not, an ADHD population, right? People have things to do. And even as they're doing this very thing right now, and there's all this great stuff and advice out there about mindfulness and staying present in the moment, most people do not. They're thinking about the next thing they have to do and the agenda that they have and, you know, how they're going to get through their list today. So they're all, they've already moved forward onto thinking about these other things before they've even had a chance to finish the podcast. So again, if that podcast is going to drone on and on for hours on end, chances are they're going to skip through. And all of this great material that you have, this messaging that you want to get across to them, you're going to lose the opportunity. It is much, much better to have more to say. And I know your clients have plenty to say. Oh, yes. And take that material, break it up into shorter episodes, shorter podcasts that could be served up one after the other episodically. Because chances are then your audience is going to have uh, more of an opportunity to get hooked and want to come back and want to find out what's next. Think about it in the same way as a TV show or a book 
might create cliffhangers at the end of each episode or at the end of each chapter so that you just don't want to put that book down or you just completely want to binge watch, go to the next episode because you must know what happens next. Even in our nonfiction world, if the topic here is startup funding, you've given me this amount of information, which is good enough to hold my interest, first get me interested, I should say, then hold my interest, and then stop at just the right moment so that you know that I'm itching to pick it up at the next episode. But how do you find the optimal length of your podcast episode for your particular audience? Okay, so it really comes down to knowing what your audience is. And I'm going to give you a few examples. At Auto Radio, we're finding that most of our nonfiction audience really likes short takes. So we have radio stations like All News Radio, Tech News Radio, even Wellness Radio, which provide either largely news stories, which are a minute or so long, or a mixture of news. Wellness is a mixture of news and longer podcasts, mm -hmm. okay? For nonfiction audiences, they tend to prefer either these quick takes or shorter podcasts that hold their attention. So 10 minutes or slightly less than that actually really is the sweet spot. Wow. I know. And you're thinking already, what am I going to fit in 10 minutes? But to be honest, if you do it properly, scientifically, with some thought, with some planning, there is plenty. And like I said, if you have more than that, you know what? It's better to do two 10-minute episodes than one 20-minute mm, episode. Yeah. Now, the only difference is if you've got more of a storytelling format and you have that kind of audience, they will then listen to longer. So for our true crime radio and paranormal radio, the podcast episodes will tend to be 50 minutes long, sometimes over an hour, and people will listen and want to listen because these are stories that are narrated in a fictional format. When I say fictional, the true crime stories are not fictional. They are true crime, hence nonfiction, true stories. But the storytelling method is very, it's creative nonfiction. Mm -hmm. So it's different from tech news radio, which is all about what is happening, what are the trends that I need to know about now, or startup funding, which is what information do I need to glean from right now to add value to my next presentation or my next conversation with you. All right. For this next tip, I want to read a quote from a uh something that Collective Wisdom published. It is about expanding your idea of what makes for a source of content. They said, if you already host a lot of events with speakers, record them. If your investors are on panels, ask to record those and release them as a podcast stream. The numbers won't be amazing, but even a few hundred listens amounts to five to ten times the amount of people who are actually physically present for most tech meetups. Basically, what this is saying is if you need to expand beyond the format of just sitting in a room interviewing someone, you can look creatively to all these other things that you're doing in order to create a podcast. Have you seen that? Absolutely. And material comes from everywhere, every day, every minute. This sort of reminds me of, in, in a strange way, the idea of writer's block. 
Okay, what should I write about? The, well, what should you not write about? Look at the day that you're living, the meetings that you have, the people you're talking to, and all the things that you could talk about, and hence write about, and therefore, in the case of a podcast, record. So certainly, if you are a business, if you are a brand, you already have a plan of action. You have clients, you have customers, you have uh, guests, perhaps on a panel, like you mentioned, uh, and those are being put together, uh, you know, on a regular basis. But don't wait for the event simply just to record the event and turn it into a podcast. You could record a business meeting. What is that? After all, it's a conversation. Of course, if it's confidential, that's not the type of thing that's going to go out in a podcast. But even at the end of a business meeting, you can turn that into more of an informal chat that you know audiences and listeners would value from. You've got moments every single day. If you cannot get somebody inside the office, then there are inordinate amounts of opportunities to do this by Zoom or Skype or phone, so many mediums. Of course, the sound quality by phone, you know, tends not to be as great. But uh, that's okay. Beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> You'd be amazed at the amount of podcasts that are recorded with bad sound, you know, talking about, you know, production quality being a top notch. That's not always the case. <laughs> but just stay present, stay focused, look around you every day. Sometimes you're having a casual breakfast meeting and, you know, you're just chatting with somebody over coffee. That's somebody is not necessarily a client or a customer or a business associate, but it's just somebody else who you are chatting with about your particular industry. But the material that comes from that, that exchange of knowledge, that exchange of ideas makes for wonderful material that could go into a podcast. You just never know. In the same way that a photographer will never be caught without their camera, it's a good idea to think about never being caught without your iPhone recorder, you know, or your voice recorder on your Android, because you always have an opportunity to get good material. Oh, yeah. And here at Spark, we have a series that we call Lunch and Learn, where people will meet up at lunch and someone will give a lecture on how to do something that is ripe for recording. Perfect. I mean, it's the whole idea of brown bag lunches, right? Um, where you will have many people at a company get together. Sometimes the focus is on something that the company is doing. Sometimes it could be totally different. You know, bring in some information from the outside. It's a way to get to know someone better or they're bringing in some kind of knowledge that adds value to sort of the main operations of the company. All of that is valid material. I would get a lot of flack. I'll, I'll give you an example. As a reporter, when my uh, recorder, my audio recorder, which I in the early days, I started out with a dedicated audio recorder. After that, I just chucked it and used my iPhone because I found not much difference in the quality. And I would just, at events like this, informal events, become this painful person because I'd be sticking the recorder in everyone's face saying, no, 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 just say what you're saying, but I just have to get it because I don't know if I'm not going to use it or if I am going to use it or where, I'll figure that part out later. But this is good material. <laughs> All right. I'm really excited about this next tip because it is a listener submitted question from Ray Perez, PR specialist and host of the Dr. Death Show, a sports podcast on blog talk radio. He asks, should you do video podcasts? Should you do video podcasts? Well, the simple answer, Vanessa, I think would be, yeah, of course, why not? 
do video podcasts if you feel they add value for your audiences, right? At the end of the day, and frankly, at the beginning of the day as well, uh, or I should say at the beginning of the day first, it's all about how you add value to your audiences. So if you feel that your audiences will be more engaged with visual material and you have visual material to provide them, then by all means, you should be doing a video podcast. So maybe Ray has some really engaging pictures or videos of sports, particular kinds of sports, you know, or I'm, I'm not very good with sports, but whatever's happening in that particular, you know, people shooting baskets or making the final goal in a game, whatever, whatever it might be. Of course, by all means, include that as part of your video podcast, because then as you talk through it, you can visually explain what is happening. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the, the audience basically can make sense of what they're seeing visually. Same goes for things like graphs, pictures, anything that is visual. But if the podcast is like this one, you and me sitting and chatting, right? There's not a whole lot to look at except you and me. And granted, Vanessa, you are very good looking. So <laughs> I would like to sit and look at you all day. But uh, the same certainly cannot be said for me. So, you know, uh, if people are going to look at these two talking heads, they might be thinking, well, what is the point of this? Right. You know, uh, <laughs> this is no Angelina Jolie here. So, <laughs> And we would only have the capability to have a one show shot camera that does not move around so there's no action in the frame at all exactly which makes it frankly even more um i'm not going to say even more boring but a little less interesting you know because there's just one angle one take no movement and there's nothing very visually interesting about that so there's a lot that we could talk about sure but that's what makes this conversation much more suited to an audio podcast. It's kind of a waste of resources to think about video. Now, if you look at the example of news broadcasts, think about the BBC or CNN when they do a news feature and they're showing you what happened on a scene. The building caught fire or the ambulance was screeching down the road to go and rescue so-and-so, whatever it might be. There was an attack and the building exploded. If you can see that, they will show it to you in the, and they will show you those frames. And that makes for good visual material. But the rest of the time, it's simply talking heads, right? It's simply news reporters. Yep. This is why when I worked at Bloomberg, I often wondered why it was in the early days that radio was so successful in a way that TV wasn't, even though TV is, has this perception of being more glamorous, because when it comes to news and finance, there's not a lot to show. There are some charts and graphs that we can point to, but uh, it's not very visual material, unlike what you might see in uh, a BBC or a CNN feature. One pro that I did think of in terms of a video podcast, though, is that if you have everything that you need for a video, you can export that as an audio-only file and then upload it to all the audio-only podcast distribution networks in addition to video as well, and you get a wider distribution, right? Certainly you could do that, and certainly I would argue that you should do that for all or most, all or most, video broadcasts. Uh, the one thing to be careful about is this. There's a lot of video very easily translates to audio. And 
if it is translatable, it is a must, it is a no-brainer that that should also become audio material easily available to your audiences. However, if a video is really well crafted, then it will have visual material, yep. right? That is the whole purpose. That's that's what I was just talking about. So it should be about pointing to pictures and pointing to graphs and pointing to graphics. And if it is referring to those, then it is not so easily translatable to audio because what I will be talking about is those pictures. And then if I can't see them anymore, I don't know yeah. what it is that you're looking at. So it's something to be particularly careful about. They are two different media and sometimes they're easily translatable from one to the other, but not always. Mm -hmm. One downside to video that I was thinking about is a lot of people like to listen to podcasts while they're on their commute. And a lot of people drive for their commute. If you make a visual podcast that doesn't translate to audio, you've wiped out that audience. Completely, completely. I know we haven't gotten to the stage of autonomous cars yet, and we're getting there by the nanosecond. But right now, while we're still driving our own cars, that's what we need to focus on, which is why the audio format is so user-friendly for driving the morning commute, the afternoon commute, going to work, going home, whatever it might be. And I would argue that is, in fact, the basis upon which Auto Radio was founded. The reason why traditional radio, terrestrial radio, has been so successful in America for years, right? Because people listen to radio in the car. That's where they, they get their audio. And it's also uh, the main reason for the success of podcasts. Most podcasts are consumed in cars. So you don't get that with uh, video podcasts at all. You shouldn't be watching while you're driving. I think that's a no-brainer. <laughs> like I said, that may change around, certainly with autonomous cars and the rise of Uber and Lyft, but that's still in the minority. If our listeners have gotten this far and they decide, well, yes, I definitely want to do a video podcast, what kinds of tips can we give them, like technical tips? Uh, I'm thinking, like, make sure you have a light source that is on you if you're in the frame, or make sure you have a very strong internet connection if you're connecting with a guest remotely so you don't cut out. Can you think of anything else to add? Lights, camera, action, right? That's what it's about. That's what it comes down to, which is why that is such a great phrase. Lighting is extremely important. There is nothing more awful than looking at a video of shadows and silhouettes. Uh, you know, unless you're, of course, shooting a paranormal podcast, <laughs> <laughs> which I, is probably not going to be the case for your clients. So lighting is critical. Good camera is also critical, and you sort of touched on that because with digital camera, certainly where you, you can control that, you know, if you are in the studio or in the room with the subject. But the moment you are doing a Zoom or a Skype and you're reliant on the internet to provide you a clear view of pixels with the least amount of fuzz, that's when you've got to be careful of, you know, you really want to have a very strong internet connection, strong broadband, basically nothing that interrupts the material for this particular podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay. And of course... Action is something I've already talked about. In this particular example, I am assuming there's going to be minimal action because it is a talking head. But try and think about how you're going to intersperse that with interesting visuals, even if there's still pictures that you overlay above 
the voice, you know, from time to time so that you're not just looking at one face or even two faces throughout, because as I mentioned earlier, nothing more boring than that. Mm-hmm. And here's a really quick tip that some people might not even think about to make sure you put the camera at eye level so the angle isn't looking up at you. Yes, because you don't want to focus on those lines and wrinkles that we all love, right? (laughs) So the camera should not look up at you. The camera should definitely be at eye level or slightly higher and sort of old uh, documentary and movie production Bibles will tell you that when you focus on someone within a frame, they should probably be a little either to the left or the right. They should be within one third of the frame with two thirds left empty with the background or whatever that is. Now, of course, if the background is a conference room, at least try and dress it up a little bit. Maybe put a plant or some interesting posters like you have right here in your office. Mm -hmm. Anything that will visually at least engage me a little bit more. All right. This last group of tips has to do with other technical parts of making a podcast, because I do get a lot of questions about these very specific technical parts. For example, please do not use your laptop mic. I've seen it so many times. At least use um, like an Apple earbud mic. We use uh, Sennheiser freestanding mics on this podcast. And I've also been experimenting with my Bose headset. And that works really well, in my opinion. Absolutely. You know, the quality of the mic is really important. And there are lots of really expensive mics, which are excellent, but you don't have to be obliged to go out and buy those. You can find a range of mics that you can plug directly into your laptop, USB mics. If you look at any guitar center, walk into any guitar center, or you can look online at Alto Music, road mics, NT mics, you know, a whole range of them available to you at various economical prices. Now, There is nothing more awful than just speaking directly into your laptop because the sound that you get is what we in radio would say is very tinny. It sounds like tin, like, you know what tin sounds, tin foil sounds like if you sort of crumpled it it up a bit. Exactly. You know, that, that kind of very thin sound, whereas the human ear likes to listen to sounds that are deeper. So more, even, even when humans speak, when humans are uh, voice trained from an elocution point of view, uh, people with alto and more bass and sort of deeper and heavier voices sound much more appealing than people with shrill, you know? (laughs) I know it's awful. It's like that chalk scratching against the blackboard kind of thing. So in the same way, you don't want to, you don't want to record a podcast, which has very thin, tinny kind of sound, but get something with more depth. And you can certainly achieve that uh, by selecting a good mic and plugging it into your laptop. That's awesome. I also have a couple of quick tips that I've learned from being a host. When a guest comes in, I usually give them the whole spiel, trying to get them comfortable with being on the mic. And one thing I always say is, if you're going to mess up, if you're going to say, um, that's totally fine. It really helps if you pause in between your sentences or paragraphs in order to let me edit them out. And then you will never know that you ever said them in the final cut. 
Spot on. Most of us are so excited about what we have to say, like myself right now, (laughs) (laughs) that we just are in such a hurry to say it and our minds are racing and we're already thinking about the next sentence before we've had a chance to finish this one. That's a big mistake from an audio point of view, because if you don't speak slowly, succinctly, and really try and contain your thoughts, one thought per sentence, it makes editing very difficult. And you're right, I can sit here with the ums and uh and uh and uh, sure, but you can cut all of that out. But if I have rushed through that with an um, um, uh, um, you know, then that becomes more tricky, mm-hmm. right? So go slow, try and keep your sentences short. Try and if you can, just think about one idea per sentence. In fact, that's a basic rule of writing for audio. In our style guide that we have at Auto Radio, when we train people, when we train our producers and our editors and so forth, who um, are employed to create good audio, compelling podcasts and audio material for us, they have to abide by our style guide. And one of the basic things that we say is short sentences one idea per sentence. Mm -hmm. Great. And kind of related to that, I also say that, and this is for like a host, using transitional phrases and extra questions to guide the conversation are good, even when you never intend to keep that content in the final episode. It's kind of like if a conversation is going off track, I'll jump in, ask another question, bring the conversation back around to somewhere else, cut all of that out, and it'll seem very natural of a transition. Absolutely, because guests will tend to go on and on because as human creatures, and I'm generalizing here big time, but we love the sound of our own voice. So, and we are about ourselves and I am the center of the universe. So what I have to say is more important than anything else, which means I'll just go on longer and longer and longer, probably get sidetracked. That part is conversation deviation, that happens, okay. But it really is the job of the host to keep me on track or bring me back. So as you rightly said, it's okay if I go off track because you can cut that out as long as you have taken the responsibility of bringing me back to where I should have been. Well, that sounds great. Do you have anything else you want to add that I haven't covered? Do I have anything else I want to add? Well, as I said, you know, we all love to hear ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) So there are probably plenty of things I want to add. Um, No, no, I think that's plenty. Vanessa, thank you. I think the main thing to really think about is I just want to go back to what I said earlier was don't think just in terms of a podcast. Uh, If I'm going to put it in auto radio terminology, I would say think in terms of a theme station because chances are that you have so much to tell me and the rest of your audiences about your brand, you could probably justify having an entire theme station about your specific brand. And as Auto Radio, honestly, we want to provide you with that opportunity. Whether you're going to create your podcasts and give them to us, and we're going to create a theme station around your brand, or whether you are going to hire us to create everything from scratch. Either way, that part doesn't matter. It's immaterial. But 
what we would like to do is give you that platform to have an entire theme station about your brand so that your listeners, your audiences, your business associates, your customers, whoever it is that you are trying to reach, automatically then have the ability to tune in day after day, week after week, all year into the next year. And ideally, if your company really grows, your brand really grows 10 years from now to see and listen and experience how your story has evolved, because that's what's really important. And this is and should become archival material. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks a lot for your advice, Renita. Hey, listeners, now that you have the expert tips, let us know if we've missed anything or if you have any tips of your own. Tweet us at SparkPR to let us know. Renita, how can we get a hold of you? Oh, very easily. If you like Twitter, I'm certainly on Twitter like uh, most other people these days. Uh, my Twitter handle is Rini Mal, R-E-E-N Financi, Y-M for mother, A-L, Rini Mal. So you can reach me on Twitter. You can also send me an email at Auto Radio. Uh, just direct it to me, Renita. My first name is Renita, R-E-E-N-I-T-A, last name Hora. But uh, the email address you can send it to is hello at autoradio.com. Auto Radio, all spelled out one word. Okay, that's great. All right, everybody. I will see you on the next episode. Thank you, Vanessa. Walk out and see the bottom line rise.